Well, he is greater than. Amen? Man, I don't know about you guys, but you know, um, after like a real tough workout in the gym or after you've run a long way or something like that, you need a little bit of recovery time. That's the way I feel right now after that worship. Man, did these guys not do a phenomenal job leading us in worship? Thank you, Father. Woo! Just good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, good morning, church. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, just two weeks from Easter. Jacob mentioned that uh, just a few minutes ago. It's, it is sneaking up on us this year. Uh, how about Jacob live and in person today? We, we do not keep him caged in a video booth. For those of you at home, he actually does exist in person uh, around here. And so um, he was up on stage today, and we're thrilled about that. Um, Easter just two weeks away, and as Jacob said, if you haven't already reserved your seats uh, for one of those two services, uh, let me encourage you to do that this afternoon or at least sometime this week. Uh, the services are filling up fast, and we want to make sure that we can get everybody in here. So uh, if there's overflow back to the 930 service, we'll let you know, that kind of thing. Um, but we are so looking forward uh, to what God's going to do here um, as the resurrection uh, approaches uh, in that celebration. Uh, but for today here at Tapestry, we're going to be wrapping up our Greater Than series. We've been walking through the book of Colossians verse by verse for the last six weeks, and today we're going to bring this series to a conclusion uh, with a message entitled, Greater Than Any Role. Greater Than Any Role. So if you've got your Bibles with you, or you've got a tablet or a phone, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. For those of you at home, there's a Bible uh, app right there on the platform. You can just go right to uh, the scripture and it'll pop up right there for you. Um, we're going to begin in verse 15 uh, this morning in the book of Colossians, so kind of put your finger there. Uh, Paul shifts his tone uh, in chapter 3 uh, of Colossians uh, to a more practical tone than a theological tone. You know, we started out in chapter 1 uh, with Jesus. Uh, above all, He is the image of the invisible God. He was firstborn in all of creation. And so we get this big theological picture of the greatness of Jesus, the supremacy of Christ. And now Paul begins to shift in chapter 3 to how that practically works itself out in our lives as new creations in Christ. Last week we talked about the power that we possess as believers to take off the old. Do you all remember that? The whole elephant training uh, illustration. The power we have to take off the old and put on the new. To pull up those stakes in our lives that have kept us in bondage and begin to live into the life that God promises us. So as we continue here in chapter 3, Paul tells us what to do and where to start to move that process forward, the process of sanctification, the process of becoming more and more like Jesus, which is the entire goal of the Christian life. Man, if you don't like change, you're not going to like the Christian life. Because the Christian life is all about transformation. It's all about stepping into the new and out of the old and becoming less of us and more of Him. 
Verse 15, Colossians 3, Paul says this. And man, we just sang about it so beautifully. Paul says this. He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Just sit with that for a minute. Let the peace of Christ, let the blessing of the Lord, let the favor of the Lord rule in your heart and in your life. He says, since as members of one body, the body of Christ, you were called to peace. And then he says, and be thankful. Be thankful for all that Christ has accomplished on your behalf. Let me ask you something this morning. Is the peace of Christ ruling in your heart today? Is the peace of Christ ruling in your heart? Are you allowing Him to be sovereign over your circumstances? Even when things don't go your way, <laughs> are you resting in the reality that He really is greater than. He's greater than all the things that are swirling around us, all the things that are happening in the world today, all the questions that we have, all the whys that rise from our lives. He is greater than. Are you trusting, even when you don't understand, <laughs> that He has a plan? But he has a plan. Paul essentially says here that we have to choose his peace. Don't miss that. He says, let. You've got to do something. You've got to allow it. Paul says, choose his peace. Regardless of the circumstance that you're in. He's greater than. You can choose his peace. I can choose his peace. Regardless of the news that you get or the role that you're relegated to, Paul says, let the peace of Christ be in control of your life. So hard sometimes, isn't it? Instead of panicking, instead of pointing fingers, there's so much of that going on in our culture today. Man, invite His peace to prevail in your life. Where do you need to do that this morning? What's going on in your life today? Maybe it's something that you didn't plan. Maybe it's something that came out of nowhere. Maybe it's something that just knocked you completely off your feet. Maybe it's something very, very serious. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe your children are going through a very, very difficult time. Maybe your health is failing. And instead of panicking, Paul says, choose his peace. Choose his peace. Man, the biggest part of stepping out of the old and stepping into the new is trusting Jesus to take us there. This whole process... 
And we forget this sometimes as we, as we dive deep into, man, how does this thing practically work itself out in our lives? This whole process of becoming more and more like Jesus, of becoming less of who we were and more of who He is, rests on a foundation, hear me, of faith. Of faith. Of trust. Of choosing to believe of choosing to rise above the roller coaster of our circumstances and our emotions, to let Jesus be the king of our hearts. We've got to cooperate with the process. We don't just drift into it. Jesus gave us this promise before he ascended to heaven. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give you. He said, I don't give to you as the world gives. You'll not find this kind of peace in the world. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Man, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. And that's a promise that we can possess this morning as followers of Jesus Christ. No matter what's going on in our lives, the peace that was present in Jesus as He was led like a lamb to the slaughter is available to you. And it's available to me. Right here, right now, in this moment, regardless of what's going on in our lives. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rule. That's what Paul is telling the Colossians here. Man, where do you need to choose his peace this morning? Where do you need to allow Jesus to be sovereign over your circumstances? And becoming a new creation requires our cooperation. If we're going to live into the new, we've got to choose to. Choose His peace. And then Paul goes on to say this. First he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And then he says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. He says, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, as you sing hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God, as you do what we've just done, as you worship and acknowledge the greatness of God, Paul says, let the word of Christ, let this word find a home in your life. Becoming a new creation requires our cooperation. We choose His peace. And then Paul says we've got to welcome His Word into our lives. The Greek word for dwell there is the word oikos. It's not just a, a yogurt at Publix. It literally means, literally, the word literally means, Paul says, let the Word of Christ dwell. That word literally means to find a home, to be at home. <laughs> Let the Word of God find a home 
in your heart. That's Paul's message to us. And so Paul says, perhaps the most practical, the most tangible thing that you can do to move from the old to the new. You remember, you're taking off those garments. You're throwing off the old and everything that it brings into your life. And you're stepping into the new. You're stepping into the righteousness of Christ. You're being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Paul says the most tangible and practical thing you can do to cooperate with that process is to welcome God's Word into your life. Allow it to renew your mind. Allow it to transform your heart. And do it, he says, it's so important here. He says do it in the context of other believers. Do it like we're doing it this morning, gathered together, teaching and encouraging one another with all wisdom. Do it in your small groups that meet in the, in, in the middle of the week and, and, and find encouragement there, find love there, find support there. Paul says all this comes out and all this works itself out in the context of the body of Christ with other people. Is God's Word at home in your life? Think about that. Is God's Word at home? Does it find a home in your life? Is the Scripture welcome in your life? I'll tell you what, we're in a culture today where the Scripture is not welcome as the absolute truth of God. And that needle keeps moving in the wrong direction. But we're not, we're not about what the whole culture's doing. We're about standing before God in and of ourselves. And my question to you, my question to me this morning, is God's Word at home in you? Is the Scripture welcome in, welcome in your life? Or are you resistant to it? Do you push back on truth? Truth that you don't want to hear or that's not convenient for you at the time? Or is the door of your heart open? And welcome to it. Do you invite it in? And then do you bend your life towards it? And that's how we grow. That's how we change. That's how we move from the old to the new. We cooperate with the process. And God's Word is at the heart of that process. Changing and growing us into the very likeness of Christ. The, the, the character of Christ, and, and, and Paul has talked about this in chapter 2, the character of Christ, His compassion, His humility, His gentleness, His kindness, His forgiveness. The character of Christ is conveyed through the Word of Christ as we choose the peace of Christ. And then Paul shifts gears as we move on into chapter 3 here. And to be honest with you, this was originally an eight-week series that I had to push into to six weeks. And so this can almost feel like two separate messages this morning. And it honestly, it feels that way as we're reading this letter from Paul. Remember, this is one letter. It was read 
from beginning to end. And so there's sort of this abrupt shift here, it feels like, um, in, in Paul's writing. The tone and the direction uh, begins to change at the end of chapter 3. Paul moves here through a list of, of really household relationships uh, of his day and how what he has said up to this point of moving from the old into the new creation, how that works itself out practically in the closest and most intimate relationships that we have. And so in verse 18, Paul says this. He says, Wives, submit to your husbands. A little recoil there. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Don't miss that. Then he says, Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. He says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. So Paul speaks to six different roles in the first century home here. He speaks to wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves, and masters. Now mind you, Paul's not validating Slavery here, he's simply speaking into the reality of his world and the reality of where the culture was at this particular time. Clearly, we move beyond slavery as an accepted institution uh, in, in our culture. And for the most part, we've, hear me, for the most part, we've moved beyond the patriarchal family structure of the first century. And I think that's important to understand um, as we move through this passage. Almost 70% of families in this country now have both husband and wife working outside the home. Equally competent, equally tired at the end of the day. And so when women especially hear these words here, um, not only here in Colossians, but in Ephesians, when they hear the words, Wives, submit to your husbands. How does that make you feel, ladies? I mean, is there a recoil factor when you hear those words? It's a different culture. Although, remember the guiding principle in Ephesians, and also I think we'll find here, is this. Before... Paul says, Women's, uh, women submit to your, wives submit to your husbands in Ephesians. He says this, is that we are to submit to one another, husband and wife, out of reverence for Christ. So the marriage relationship is a relationship of mutual submission. It's not a one-way street. It's a relationship of mutual submission. Paul is speaking with the language of his day into the structures of his day, but his message, hear me, his message transcends the roles we play. Look at the context. In all of Colossians leading up to this point, Paul is saying, man, out with the old and in with the new. That everything changes when Christ 
resides in you. And I'll be honest with you, I've read this book a hundred times and read Ephesians and these passages and God spoke to my heart this week in a way that He's never framed this for me before. And I just wanted to share this with you. It's fascinating as we look at the entire context of Colossians here. If you back up to verse 11, Paul says this. He says, here in Christ... Okay, that's what he's saying. Here, in Christ, there is no Greek or Jew. There's no division. There is no circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no barbarian. There's no Scythian. There's no slave. There's no free. But Christ is all and is in all. And in Ephesians, he says there's no more male. There's no more female. We are all of equal value, purchased for the exact same price, which was the very life of Christ. Paul frames this list of relational rules and roles in the home with two new realities. Two new realities that fit in the context of what we've been talking about Colossians here. And this is what God showed me this week. And I believe it's these two realities that transform and transcend the roles that we play. In verse 17, it's the first bookend of these household uh, uh, roles right here. Paul says this. He says, And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. As a husband, no matter what you do, whether in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. As a wife, with, as someone whose Christ resides within, whatever you do, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he's saying, operate in the character of Christ that defines you now. Operate in and out of your new identity, not in the context or, or, or the restraint of a role. He says, operate in His character, in His compassion, in His kindness, in His humility, in His gentleness, in His patience, in His forgiveness. It's not about how well you play the role. It's about how well you love one another. And then the final bookend to this in verse 23 and 24 Paul says this whatever you do there it is again these two bookends and whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for men and remember it is the Lord Christ you are serving husbands as you serve your wives as you love your wives it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wives, as you serve and love your husbands, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Man, it is so easy to be defined and even confined by the roles that we play in life. The role of a husband, the role of a wife, the role of a mother, a father, a son, or a daughter. And after reading this book, time and time again and trying to get my mind around what Paul's trying to say. I think Paul is trying to convey to us this. 
for the follower of Christ, those who have been raised with Him, our relationship with Jesus now transcends not just the old rules, but the old roles. Do you hear me? Jesus transcends the boxes we place ourselves and others in. <laughs> he's greater than the old way. And He's greater than the roles that we play, even as husbands and wives. This entire letter has been breaking the mold and moving us from the old and into the new. And our relationship with Jesus rises above and teaches us how to love. And I think if we miss that, and we get caught up in the recoil, or we misinterpret what Paul is trying to say in this cultural context, man, we miss the, the, the primary message of Jesus. Jesus gives us one guiding rule as new creations in Him. He says, man, if you don't remember anything else, you know, I'm about to head up here and be with the Father. I'm going to be parked at His right hand for a while. But if you don't remember anything else, remember this, Jesus said, a new command. I fulfilled the law on your behalf. A new command I give to you. What is it? Love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, you should love one another. Man, love your wife as Christ loves you. It transcends the roles. It transcends the boxes we try to put everything in. Love your husband as Jesus has loved you. Love your children as He has loved you. I think that's Paul's message here. And then watch God transform your family from the old to the new. Watch that blessing and that favor fall on you. He is greater than. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the unsearchable richness of your word. Lord, just the reality that every time we allow it to dwell richly in our lives, you teach us something new. And God, I pray today as we wrap up this, this study in, in Paul's letter to the Colossian church, Father, that, that it, would, it would find root in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, we would allow it, we would choose your peace. We would welcome your word and we would allow it to transform our lives. We would, Lord, cooperate with the process of stepping into the new creations that we already are. Lord, thank you for the privilege of living into this life and living into the character of your Son. 
May we do that in the most practical of ways as we love one another this week. In Jesus' name, amen.